Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online. It remains your number one spot for NBA, MLB, MMA, boxing. It doesn't matter. Every single prop, every single play, every single point, it's all at Bet Online. When it comes to bets, when it comes to props, everything that you need is at your headquarters for sports betting. That's Bet Online. Head to the website right now, use your mobile device, sign up, get a 50, that's 50% welcome bonus. Don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV, that's BLEAV, to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus. Come on, there's no need to hesitate. Bet Online, where the game starts. Me amo Javier, this is my ranch, La Panocha Grande. Being a rancher for my entire life, I, I work hard. I have to take care of my goals, my many donkeys, procure them for the donkey show. I ride the horses, I break the cattle, prune hedges. All of that work can have very harmful effects on my bajo. That's why I turn to my friends at south of the border. They make the best cream to rub on your bajo if the roys are going to visit your ass. All of these great ingredients to give you protection, moisturize, and comfort to your asshole. Maybe you are a lady who is having a baby come out of her vagina with great force. You too might have hemorrhoids. It's another situation when south of the border, they have your back and your asshole south of the border. The best product to take care of your most important products. I hope you're ready to have your mind blown with the greatest health and fitness information on the planet. <laughs> yes, bitch! <laughs> I wish we could I wish we could say what I just said. We can't. We can't, Giorgio, right? No, for the well, I can, but for the sake of who we were talking about, I can't, because that was told to me in 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 confidence. Yes, welcome to the Mikey Likes You podcast. What an amazing podcast it is! I'm going to do a Q and A, uh, and it's as simple as that. I solicited for questions, you guys gave them to me, and then I answer them. Uh, first and foremost, let me thank all my sponsors, Bet Online, South of the Border, the only anal rectal cream that you need to know. I know it sounds like a joke, but look, a lot of sweat, a lot of pressure to the trunk. Active people have to encounter problems in that region, and when it comes to problems in that region, South of the Border is the only product you ever need to turn to. All holistic, uh, all holistic and, um, really, really well-curated ingredients so that you can feel safe putting them on that part of your body. And then also first attachment, which makes the greatest health and fitness supplements on the planet, bar none. And to my man, Giorgio here, a large, they just, they start calling his Puzo Athens because it's so big and Greek and strong. It's Athens. That's what when he, they say release Athens and he pulls his pants down and then <laughs> all right let's get to enough of that nonsense enough of that shenanigan 
get to my Instagram, which is at Mike Catherwood. Holy mackerel, uh, which is at Mike Catherwood, and then also at Mikey Likes You One, the number one. Those are the show Instagram and show um, and my personal Instagram profiles, which is where I like to interact with you guys and gals. First question comes from Golden Foam Notes. Golden Foam Notes. I'm going to say beer, a beer fan, right? Golden Foam Notes. He's a handsome fellow in a bow tie. I'm 50. I am active, but it's getting a lot harder to lose weight. Thinking of doing intermittent fasting and start tracking calorie deficit. Any suggestions? Do that. I don't know what what your suggestions would what suggestions you're looking for. If you're looking to lose weight and it's not working out for you, you have to start tracking your food. There are a lot of gurus out there who are going to tell you that you know just stop eating this or start eating this and you will lose weight. And the bottom line is is from a purely technical standpoint. I mean, no, let's not attach any feelings to it. Weight loss, weight gain is based on the overall intake. Okay? Now, there are combinations of foods. There is macronutrient combinations that are going to be more healthy and more sustainable in the long run. I've always talked about how the importance of having a high-protein diet. Um, But you can have a very high-protein diet and still be a big, fat pile and not lose any weight. Um, the reality is, is when it comes to the size of your body, the amount of calories you eat is all that matters. Okay. The size of your body, big, small, you want it to get smaller, eat less calories. You want to get bigger. You eat more calories. That is, that is how it goes. And far too many people have been tricked by new wave diets, whether it be carnivore, keto, paleo, plant-based and everything. And they think like, well, if I do this, everything should be okay. And they continue to eat too much, you know? So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of the aforementioned diets. What I am saying is that if you are not losing weight, you're eating too many calories. That's, that is, that's, that's irrefutable science. Fuck all you people talking about insulin, this and blood sugar, that, uh, if you are not losing weight, you are eating too many calories. The, that's irrefutable. And I'll go to the mat with it, and I'll bring a battery of guys and gals with me. Now, that is not to say that if you really want to lose weight and look good naked, that calories is the only thing you should worry about because you can eat Snickers bars and Twinkies and Pop-Tarts, and you happen to eat 1,100 calories of those said foods, you will lose weight. I, I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that at all. A, it's not sustainable. B, you'll feel terrible. Uh, C, you're going to be all exclusively, it'll be very hard to continue, continuously lose body fat because you're not going to be very uh, efficient at digesting and utilizing protein, and protein synthesis will be almost gone. So, you know, you want to give your body food that it can be fueled by that feels nourishing and is dense in macronutrients and micronutrients that are good for your body. But also, you have to regulate your calories. So if you're not tracking, you need to start. And it sucks. Here's the the big overarching reality. Really getting control of your eating fucking sucks. And it, and it it, it is a pisser. 
and it takes a lot of effort and a lot of discipline. Okay? I really hope I didn't discourage people. I really hope, actually, I hope I opened your eyes. But if you are 100 pounds overweight, losing 60 of those can be done with relatively small amounts of effort. If you're 20, 25 pounds overweight, like, honestly, who amongst us hasn't had those like you you got family stress or work stuff and you like you just kind of let yourself go for a couple months and you look at the mirror and you're like I don't like what I, I'm seeing right uh, the average American we're not the, this talk of like we're so obese no we're not no but we're we're overweight and all of us myself included we've all had that point where we've been 10 15 20 pounds overweight I think that is the lion's share of people who are unhappy with the way that they look you're in that ballpark or you're a guy you're skinny fat you're not like with your clothes on, your friends would never be like, hey, fat fuck over there. But you, you're kind of like, you're soft and you're pudgy. I get it. Okay. You're, you want to change that. That takes effort. And it's not going to be just card- cutting out carbs. It's not just going to be like uh, adding steak. Uh, it's going to be, it's, that's effort. You have to monitor how much you're eating. And you have to f- really realize and do that for a, a prolonged period of time. So that then you can make an adjustment and then bring bring down the caloric intake. Okay, so do start tracking. I do think intermittent fasting is a great way to help you reduce your caloric intake. I think it's a fantastic way. I think that we have, uh, again, there's been this narrative that you have to kind of constantly eat these small meals to fuel yourself, you know, keep your blood sugar stable and to keep your uh, protein synthesis up, stay anabolic and stuff like that. Look, if you're Jay Cutler in his prime, sure. If you're, if you're a mass monster that carries around tons of muscle and is incredibly lean, that's probably true. If you're a professional competitive athlete or even just an amateur competitive high-level athlete and perform, anaerobic performance is very important to your sport, I think that that's true. I doubt there's very many people at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs that are eating twice a day or three meals a day. They're probably eating six, seven meals, five, six, seven, to keep themselves fueled and and to have readily available uh, muscle glycogen, right? But that's not us. That's not people. That's not you. That's not me. And so if you want to skip breakfast, if you want to truncate your eating window, if you want to eat eight, I I like the 16-8 where you fast for 16 hours every day and you eat for eight hours a day. Um, And then you can either do two or three meals within that um, period. I think that that's a a great protocol. That's all based on, again, got to give props where props is due. Because so many people, you guys think memes are bad, right? Where someone will just take a meme and then just put it up there and take credit for it like as if they they came up with it the fitness world is crazy i don't know how many i can't tell you how many dudes i've seen mostly dudes pushing their cutting edge intermittent fasting protocol when martin Birkin has been doing it for like 15 years over there in sweden uh so yeah 16 8 is always great you can also do alternate day fasting. Some people like that. I can't do that. I have too f- active a lifestyle to go like a couple days a week not eating. Because then I have to really commit those days to being rest days. And I don't want to do that because my schedule is too kind of unpredictable for me to be like, oh, fuck, I'm not eating today. But I could really, I, I have some free time. I can go hit the, I can go get a wrestling class and I can go get jujitsu in or whatever, you know. 
it's neither here nor there. But every day, sixteen eight is is a is a great protocol. Now you mentioned you're over fifty, and you're having a hard time losing weight. Yeah, that that's life. Um, I'm not insulting you. That's that's the reality. You get to over a certain age, it comes harder, and then there's these milestones. You get to about fifty. I'm I'm in that in that ballpark where you are where recently i've realized like wow it really is getting even harder than it was two or three years ago um let's say you're with foam suds mcgee or whatever your fucking name was um if you are drinking if that is part of the deal i'm going to your profile here um you can't does that mean you can't drink ever again? Of course not. Does that mean you can't have a couple beers throughout the week because you really enjoy it? No. But alcohol is the number one, I almost say not, okay. In my opinion, modern lifestyle and stress is the number one reason people by and large don't have nice physiques when you see those videos of woodstock when you see those kids in pe class in the 50s and you're like wait a second everyone looks great everyone's thin and lean and muscular right i think the number one culprit as to why we all don't look like that is stress and modern lifestyle it's just too much spread out over all of our day and we're getting paid less proportionately than ever before to do more work and we're freaking out that's my opinion the next reason is when adults completely overlook they do they go to the gym they train and and they eat, start making better decisions nutritionally and they drink all the time i have had so many people in my life be it professionally or personally bitch and moan about how they're trying so hard and they do it and then they're like yeah but how am I, sp- I go, I break down kind of their daily eating and I say, these are the choices you can make. And I go like, how many do you drink? Include alcohol. And for women, not all the time, but by and large, it's like, yeah, but you know, I have, I'll have a half a bottle of wine, maybe a bottle every night. Guys, it's always, it's just a six pack. You know what I mean? The guy who hits 12 pack or more a night knows there's something up right i had a, I had a guy the other day he said he's a plumber he's he was thin he was a just a, wasn't a client he was a guy on instagram and he reached out he was he was thin he looked fine but he's like i i'll hit 16 18 beers a night every night i work really hard uh i've started tra- working out you know my family's it doesn't it, you know i'm not like the guy who i spend plenty of time with my kids but uh, I get home on the way home from work every day. I stop and I get beer and, and he's like, and I, and then I kept crack a couple before dinner, have a couple with dinner, hang out with the kids, put them in bed, I crack, dust a couple more. And I said, I, I'm not here to judge you. And I'm in very admittedly, very weird territory on this one because I'm in recovery. I've been sober a long time. So I don't want, I don't, I hate those guys who get clean and then they go around telling everybody else how to live their life. That's not me, and I don't want to kill your buzz. That's not my point. Alcohol rips, it kicks ass, and if you can drink like an adult, you should because you, you've earned that right. I can't. I, I have a problem with alcohol. I'm not saying that you do. 
what I am saying is when we're talking about fitness, when we're talking about looking good in the mirror, it's a it's a disaster because not only is it usually empty calories, but it also completely chemically alters things for the negative hormonally guys it's a disaster it's a disaster as far as uh testosterone and estrogen and all all the fun stuff we like to take care of right alcohol is is a disaster also here's another big factor that we don't like to admit it destroys your inhibitions so let's say you have all the best laid plans to take care of your eating uh, and from, from wake up time until 8 p.m. And then you go out to the bar to watch the game and you have six beers. Leaving the bar, you're like, fuck my diet. <laughs> Where's Jack in the Box? Where's, you know, let's get some pizza. And yeah, you know, that's, that's the reality, okay? So if you're having trouble, especially as we get older, I think um, we all kind of have this at least instinctive idea that when we get older, food becomes more of an issue that we have to kind of monitor. But very, very few, very, very seldom do I hear people talk about the fact that, but I drank all through my 20s and I looked amazing. And I go, yeah, but you're 50 and it's not the same. I watched this clip the other day of this girl. It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking, okay? Uh, I'm not trying to make, uh, you know, I'm not going to give any names or anything, but I think it was from my 600 pound life with that. Cause that's the one with the doctor, right? The funny doctor with the accent. He's like, no, you can't be eating too. You're not on the diet. You're too fat. You eat too much. Anyway, it was, she was talking and she said she was very, very Southern and very big. And, um, the doctor said, how many sodas do you have a day? What do you drink? in a day do you drink any water she's like no but i have six sodies a day and the doctor said sodies is that soda and i don't think it was a female doctor. i don't think she was being insulting i think she was trying to clinically make sure she got everything straight and she's like yeah my mom told me that if i have sody as long as i drink some water after the kind of washes it out so the doctor said you have six sodas a day full regular undiet sodas that's you know I'm trying to do the rough math. It's 750 calories, right, of pure sugar. Well, none of there wouldn't be that clip. That clip wouldn't exist if it was a six pack of beer. Yet it's worse because the same kind of blood sugar problems you're going to have from drinking six sodas, you're also going to have uh, the uh, on top of that like down chain problems hormonally, and then equally, if not more calories, especially if you're drinking good beer. Six pack, you know, it can it can seem like as if you're a seasoned drinker, a six pack doesn't seem like that crazy, right? A six pack at night, but it it is it it is it is a disaster. You're just now swimming up a really really heavy stream. As we get older, I, that's something else that you absolutely have to look out look out for. Now, I'm again, I want to reiterate, I'm not saying you can't ever drink alcohol and have a good physique. Of course you can. Um, but it has to be something that is treated like like a dessert or like a treat, not as something that's part of a lifestyle. As frankly, it should be, right? Everyone works hard and, and you know, family life and things, and things get stressful. I get that. You deserve the right as an adult to be able to blow off steam how you see fit. And I'm not trying to prevent you from doing so. But 
don't lose sight of the very real kind of and I'm not I'm talking about the dangers of alcohol right you, if, alcoholism is where you get the you know cirrhosis and uh, serious liver conditions and then obviously good down chain cardiac problems I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just like you're gonna you know man boobs and a, a pot belly and lethargy and um you know, you'll be a little bit more short-tempered. Those are things that come with kind of moderate, consistent drinking, you know. So that's just something to watch out for. And uh, again, I wanted to use, I'm not saying that's what the, is the case with you, dude. I, I did want to use your question, though, as a jumping-off point to say that because I do think it's important. And I, Oh, here's another thing. I was watching Reacher the other day, and the guy who plays Reacher, I like that guy. He's He seems cool. But he's jacked and ripped, okay? And... Apparently, the the actor, sorry, the character of Jack Reacher eats pie and drinks beer all the time and never has, you know, 350 grams of protein and, and plain white rice, which is absolutely what that guy eats to look like that. But don't get fooled into the, the the number one, and this was this was by the way, this was a purposeful um, choice artistically to show the the kind of the duality of marketing and the commercialized nature in which we can see uh, receive media in Fight Club and Pal Chuck Palahniuk, the, who wrote the book, and David Fincher, who did the movie. They they actually made this as a a plot point in the movie. Tyler Durden, the character, talks about how silly it is when he sees the underwear model. Is that what a real man looks like? It's silly to spend all day in the gym trying to look like that guy and watching what you eat. That's not what man that's not what masculinity is about. But Tyler Durden literally is the ideal I you know physique icon of all men. All guys have, at some point have seen that picture of him, you know, sitting up against the car, smoking a cigarette shirtless, and you're like, Jesus Christ, I want to look like that. 98% of modern men have at some point looked at Tyler Durden shirtless and gone, that's what I want to look like. And that was on purpose because Tyler Durden drinks beer, eats cereal, smokes cigarettes, doesn't work out. But they wanted to make sure that, that the contrast came from Brad Pitt being in the best shape he's ever been in. And he worked his ass off not drinking beer, not eating cereal, and training like a madman so that he could be this incredible alpha male figure. So there is don't get confused by the character. Christian Bale in American Psycho goes to all these hoity-toity restaurants eating, you know, fat-laden, creamy kind of gourmet food and foie gras, rushing it down with the, you know, the 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 duck breast uh, charcuterie board and all this fun stuff, the charcoal endive. And he has 10 cocktails a night. Patrick Bateman does that. Christian Bale, in order to be that guy, I've read, I've read about it, seen interviews about it 20 times. Chicken breasts, green vegetables. When he felt really drained, they would add in a healthy, they would give him some sweet potato or rice. But for the most part, it was just constantly really lean protein, chicken and fish and green vegetables. And that was it. And he said, it sucked. I hate it. But that's, this was my job as an actor. I had to look like this. 
But then when they go and they film, the character does all these different things. Don't get confused. Don't let Hollywood uh, buttfuck your brain into thinking that that's the way things work. No, to look like a movie star, you have to act like the move the character in the movie doesn't. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's just like, look, if you could get a, a, a fairy tale relationship by acting like the people in romantic comedies, we'd all have fairy tale relationships. That's not how shit works out, you know? It's a lot dirtier in real life. Um J Lover nineteen eight zero zero. How far do you run? Not very. I don't ever track it. I monitor my heart rate. When I do any type of aerobic or cardiovascular activity, I don't see how many calories I burn, how far I run, how much I row. Um, I, I track my heart rate when I'm doing intervals. I try to see as high as I can get it. I make sure I'm getting into that 180 area. And then I, when I'm resting, I'm looking at getting it as close to 120 as I can within that period of time, you know, to get it back down. When I'm doing aerobic stuff, I, you know, as I was filming this Q&A, I think that's why you're asking how far do I run because I'm running at the time. I had a, a chest strap monitor on and I'm just checking, making sure as soon as my um, heart rate got to above 135, I stop and I walk. As soon as it gets below 125, I start jogging again. And that's all I was doing. And I could do that for 45 to 60 minutes. That's an aerobic workout. I know my exact aerobic zone. I'm doing zone two stuff because I'm trying to build my aerobic base, burn a little fat without compromising my recovery. So um, it's a good question. If you want to be a great runner, you got to probably know how far you're going to run. That's not why I do it. Cold plunge from Dags Steven. This is a very... Um, Relevant question because everybody's into the cold plunge now, right? Uh, cold plunge, do you do it? And if so, what's your experience with it? Just started it this week just to try and see uh, what it's about. Thank you. I, I, well, I have done it. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't say I do it. I don't care to do it. Uh, my experience with it is it's pretty miserable, but it's effective. Um, there's a lot of science to show that it, it absolutely helps with inflammation. It helps, uh, can help with burning body fat, you know, that kind of heat shock or that, uh, temperature shock protein reactive stuff is real. Um, I think if you're combat sports athletes, football players, rugby players, stuff like that, where you're getting banged up a lot, I would, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I don't, I, I'm not like a, uh, uh, avid cold plunger or sauna guy. But I believe in both. Um, the science seems to be there. And anecdotally, the science is there. Look, I, cold plunge and sauna is funny to me. Because it becomes hip. Just like a lot of stuff with, with weightlifting and bodybuilding and all that. Like, it, it, it caught on somewhere. Either, you know, like Joe Rogan did it or something. Or like someone popular got it out there. So people are, but, uh, you know, Giorgio's right here. He's a, he was a college wrestler. He's a high-level wrestler. Uh all guys who've wrestled in all parts of the globe have been saunaing for fucking 200 years. Uh, that's grappler sauna and grappler and people who play football players, college wrestlers, rugby players, cocky players. They've been getting in cold plunges, then filling up trash cans with ice and getting in and out all because it, it works. This is not new, okay? Um, especially, you know, you're talking about contrast stuff. The Iron Sheik 
God rest his soul. I really, I really loved that guy. He was because he had, he was like a real life Borat on the air. And we know we've never had to use the dump buttons, the delay buttons for cursing. Never more on radio have I used that than with the Iron Sheik. He just couldn't control himself. But off the air, he was like this really sensitive, very kind man. But he was a very real badass wrestler in Iran before he came to America. Uh, he was a real wrestler. Like, he, the Iron Sheik could fuck you up. And if you go look at pictures of him, you know, Google it, pictures of the Iron Sheik when he was young, you're like, oh, damn. Like, the Iron Sheik was a, a real stud. He was security for the Shah of Iran before uh, the revolution. Um, he said that the Persian wrestlers would do contrast showers every day where they would get in these hot, hot, hot showers, like in insufferably hot showers for a couple minutes, and then they'd get in either cold water or cold plunge, then get back and... And that was like part, that was as part of, that was as much a part of their um, training as, as like road work and shooting doubles. You know, they, he, so the idea of temperature manipulation to deal with your body and, and to help therapeutically, it's nothing new. I think it's great. I think I love it for you if you want to do it. Uh, I hate it. It's uh, getting in that, that first exposure when you're in, you're like, oh, holy megarail. And then, do you know about this, Giorgio, about on the most recent season of The Ultimate Fighter that Chandler and Connor got into a like a cold plunge challenge? We should do that in college. And I was like, that's so not smart. Like, you could really fuck your shit up. I mean, like, hypothermia for reals. I know, I know. I mean, well, you're all, all you fucks are crazy. You wrestlers are crazy. I'm just saying, like, if I'm... It's one thing if you students in college want to go do your bro shit, okay? It's another thing when you're talking about million, like multi-million dollar prize fighters. I was like, what happens when you have to have your finger amputated, Connor? Now you're fucked. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, would, it just seems crazy that high elite athletes would be so uh, reckless with their body, you know? Um... Let's see here. Rich Daniels. Always had a hard time building my outer chest. Can you provide any advice? With men and the outer chest, there's a lot of things at play here. First and foremost, if you've always had problems building your outer sweep, the Jerome to dip is a great exercise, as well as cable crossovers done in that fashion where you're isolating, where you get in between the cables and you do cable crossovers, but instead of trying to come across and meet in the middle, shoot towards the ground so that you're isolating that sweep here, you know, the outer pec. And you could you almost can follow the angle to which the outer sweep happens, okay? And then also the Geronda, Vince Geronda dip where you get your arms really wide and do the dip as opposed to kind of keeping your elbows flared to your side. But another thing I need to point out here is that men, unlike women, hold fat there. Where women have more fat in their glutes, in their upper thighs, and that's why a lot of women get really, you know, in their, what they have, you know, you have commonly heard the fupa, you know, just above the, the genitals in between the belly button, kind of the fupa. And then, now look, that's 
biology. That's where women hold weight, and that's the hardest to get rid of. Men have spare tires and outer chest fat. So you say you've always had trouble building up that area. Chances are that's not true. Chances are you've just never been lean enough to really be happy with how that looks. Okay? Because I, like anyone, if, I, if I'm bulking or if I just, frankly, am getting lazy with my diet, I hold weight there. And I, for years, thought, especially when I was perma-bulker, roid guy, thought I had to really work on building that outer sweep. Sure enough, I dieted down for my first contest, and that looked very beautiful. <laughs> you know, I got, I got ripped, and that body fat went away. And I got really low body fat, and that went away. And I, had, I was like, oh, no, actually, my outer chest is pretty rad. I just couldn't see it, <laughs> you know? And same people, a lot of people ask about delts. And for men, that's a beautiful phys- uh, beautiful muscle to have, you know, the, the kind of that capped off, b- you know, boulder-like round delts to, to make you look, make, make, it looks very masculine, it's very nice. Um, a lot of times people will get really strong in the overhead press. They'll, do a, they'll be able to do tremendous amounts of reps in a hypertrophy trophy rep range with delt stuff. The reality is, is like if you got leaner, you'd be able to see it because this area here, between your your arms and your delts, there's too much fat there. So you can't see the kind of the contour. There's no kind of contrast there. It's all one kind of, it'd be like, you know, that's why a lot of bodybuilders have very small bone insertion or like muscular insertions because the contrast to their muscle bellies looks bigger. If you have big cankles, if you're like, you know, offensive lineman guy, it's very people don't even realize you may have huge you may have 20 something inch calves but people don't realize it because you have 19 inch ankles you know what i'm saying like so there's hard contrast to to kind of see um so a lot of that is body fat and a lot of that is the body fat that's hardest to get to so i encourage you to definitely take into consideration the exercises that i recommended but when you're talking about outer chest for men more than likely a lot of it is just body fat And, um, as you get leaner, that stuff will come into play a little bit more. Uh, let's see. Hey, McLeod, was there any regret after walking away from Loveline? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know about regret, but pain. It's the only job I've ever loved. I loved doing that. I worked really hard to do it. I wanted to do it. I grew up in Southern California listening to love. I prank called Adam and Drew twice. And then I got into radio and I was working at K-Rock. And I said to myself, like, I was like, I could do that. I would be good at that. And then Kevin and Bean were amazing and they were they gave me a shot. And I was like, I, I made a, a point. And I told Kevin Weatherly, who runs K-Rock, that I wanted to do that and throw my hat in the ring. And then Adam left. Adam left to do his own morning show. And um, they didn't think I could do it. And then Stryker started doing it, and then Stryker left. And then they were, like, auditioning a bunch of people. And I was like, okay, for every three people you bring in, let me host a night. And host. And then finally, they, you know, there was, like, this vision. And it was the only time I ever worked really hard for something and, and had a clear vision for something. So to leave was, uh, was very painful, and it still is at times because – Every time Dr. Drew and I do anything, 95% of the comments are like, bring back Loveline. (laughs) 
uh, or you, you know, I need you guys. I, why don't you do love line? Why don't you just start it again? And that's quadruple hurtful because we've tried, we've tried. And, uh, the company who owns the name Loveline doesn't want us to do it. And it drives me crazy. So it's hard. It's hard. Yes, I do. I do. I don't regret it because it still was the right decision at that time. Um, one of the benefits of Loveline was that, you know, the t- conversation, the topic nature was always so powerful in comparison to most terrestrial radio, whereas either people bloviating and being ideologues for political stuff or like morning radio typical kind of like sophomoric stuff that love line we could be goofy we could make fart jokes and everything and then next the next call could be about rape or it could be about sexual abuse or addiction you know it was i i always found it so beautiful that 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 show could offer so much substance and and give you kind of the goofiness too but the tide had changed already. Loveline, because it was unique, was still able to kind of be cool in a terrestrial radio world. But as you can see now, like that show just couldn't be on the air anymore. And so I'm glad I left when I did because it, the, 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 the writing was already on the wall. But Drew and I would, it just started to happen where like, this girl would call up and she would say like, um, I have two little kids uh, and I just feel like I had my babies young and it's my, I, I didn't get in my time to party. So I'm going out partying and my husband doesn't make me feel sad. So I'm like, I have like affairs with like a bunch of guys. So Drew and I would lay into this chick and be like, Hey, you're a, you're a mom. You're an adult now. I don't care if you feel like you want to party pull your shit together and sure we get three or four dms tweets emails to the program director where misogynist pigs that talk down to women it's like okay what do we so that type of show like i had already seen the writing on the wall i can't even imagine now with how dangerous kind of the the trans issues and a lot of the gender issues are now like the, the we'd be no matter how you dealt with certain calls, we'd be fucked, you know? So, uh, in, in, in genuine honesty, I don't regret it because it was the right thing to do, but it, it is painful. I have remorse, not regret. Um, Johnny Puretti. Johnny Puretti. Uh, why did your wife leave Instagram? Well, she didn't. She didn't, uh, why did your wife quit Insta? She didn't quit. She still has her personal profile. She just gave up her, like, chill busy profile, her, like, kind of public one. Um, she thought it was, like, it. she would get so obsessive about, like, making the right posts or trying to give off the right vibe. And she's like, I, I don't, this is not who I am. And I'm getting obsessive about curating this. And it's like, I, why? I'm wasting time when I could be actually living the, life of the woman I really want to be. And she said, if I get booked on another show and I can use it for promotional reasons, okay, so be it. Um, because that stuff, it, when she's on set, it actually is kind of, I, I find it very interesting. I think probably people who are fans find it interesting. Um, to, they, yeah, they do like behind the scenes and it'll be her and 
people kind of hanging out. Like when she was on Rules of Engagement, they didn't have Instagram then. But it can, I can imagine like the stuff I would see on set with her and Oliver Hudson and David Spade, Patrick Warburton. They would fuck. They would. La I would be dying laughing watching them act like children. And Patrick Warburton and David and, and Oliver, fun, really like super funny dudes. And a fear. Kellyanne, who's uh, was a, another one of their co-stars, is like this nicest guy, um, and like so the, the behind the scenes stuff is cool. And she she's like, I'll do that when that time comes. I'll resuscitate that. But as far as like living my life here and there, she has a personal profile that like only family and friends sees. But her her pri her public one is uh, on hiatus for that reason. <laughs> All right, uh, good show. Love you. Thank you so much to everybody who submitted questions. If you're looking for more personal help, my Patreon offers that to you. Also, if you just want to pitch in the low, the smallest tier, I, I appreciate every single piece of that because it, I just can't believe that people would want to, um, their hard-earned money that to invest it into making sure that I can help build this show. It means a lot to me, and I really appreciate it. Also, the top tier gives you the availability to have me as your trainer, both with nutrition and training and lifestyle habit stuff. And so that's a, that's available to you. I will put the links in the show notes below. Thanks again to Giorgio, who makes this happen. Thanks again to First Detachment. Thanks again to South of the Border and Bet Online. And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember, I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.